0: Well, Janet Lee, those songs really do go back in time. And did you ever play them masterfully? Thank you so much. And hello, everybody out there. Well, today will be a message of messages because we're going to be on a subject that Paul says that if we don't understand this subject, if we don't believe in it, then the whole concept of Jesus Christ is in vain. He says that in the book of 1 Corinthians. And uh, it's uh, well uh, worth noting. And I'm going to read a little bit of it uh, in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then is our preaching vain. (coughs) Your your faith also is vain. Yea, and we found, (coughs) excuse me, we found false witnesses of God. We are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead raise not. For if the dead raise not, then is not Christ risen or raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, you are set in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So that is a really a positive point and introduction because the resurrection and about the resurrection is so important that if a person gets off track by you know some of this false information and misleading information and disinformation and uh, all of the things that people can say uh, you can actually end up losing your salvation because what you come to believe so differentiates the the provision of the grace of God through Jesus Christ, <clears throat> that it is basically eradicated uh, by that uh, viewpoint. So uh, it is very, very urgent that we do understand about the resurrection, uh, and the resurrection, you know, incorporates the, all the meaning of the sleeps, uh, the re-ingenerations. Uh, it, in, it incorporates all of the experiences uh that go along with uh where the dead are uh are they do they immediately go to heaven do they stay in the grave uh is there some intermediate place um do different dead go to different places on and on and on the story is uh uh, a, a magnitude of of uh, brightness uh, when you really begin to see it and understand it, and so I'm going to start this off with a uh, with a, a beautiful scripture in Isaiah 40, verse five, <clears throat> and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Here's a prophecy by one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, Isaiah. And he he prophesies of the time that the glory of the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is Yahweh or Yahweh, is going to be revealed. And not only is it going to be revealed, so we sort of know it about someone who's risen and gone away, uh, and we can't see anymore, but all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord capital L, capital O, capital R, D, has spoken. There's a few other verses that are worth reading because they lead into something that I want to start off with, uh, this whole teaching. Verse 10 of Isaiah 40, Behold, the Lord God will come. His strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Now that was Isaiah 40, verse 10. Now verse 11, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently, gently lead those that are with young. Now, in this particular instance uh, where it uh, uses uh, in verse 10, behold the Lord God will come, it's a small L O-R-D. And and so uh, it's not the uh, Yahweh or Yahveh-el, uh el uh, you know, uh, Lord inference. Um, and it can mean, it's not guaranteed to mean that, but it can mean uh, that uh, God as represented, the L-O-R-D capital as represented uh, by the small Lord capital. And uh, that is an interesting uh, situation and actuality. Now, let's just look at that. Um, Okay, Uh, the Lord God is represented shall gather those who are designated as lambs, a symbol of Christ Christians or the elect, and carry them in his bosom. Carry them in his bosom. Now, uh, we have some teachings on the bosom the Abrahamic bosom, the Father's bosom, and this is the third uh, revelation of bosom, and um, uh, it it it's quite different uh, than what people might uh, surmise. The third bosom uh, uh, is about uh, a case of the array of spacecraft uh, flight, which. Um, uh, involves the introduction of and of instructions for the trip to Artura, the father's house planet and so we see that in matthew 24:31 the angels shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the uh, this means from all the four kinds of people who are elect of god on the earth from one end of heaven to the other to rapture them from earth Uh, So the new creations can begin without being uh, uh, impeded. So this becomes what's called the third bosom. And it has to do with these teachings where the Lord uh, comes with his angels and the angels are involved in the gathering. And, And they gather in the air, which is the oxygenized... Uh, atmosphere Uh, it can mean sky but sky on earth is is the same thing it's oxygen oxygenated atmosphere and um, and so we we see quite a a lesson there as I uh, shared that with you last week and uh, and an importance here of this third revelation of a bosom so so then if we we go into this idea of the uh, of talking about the bosoms, the three bosoms that we have taught have been um, the uh, the the bosom of Abraham, uh, you know, and it talks about the angels being involved with with people going into the Abrahamic bosom, that is found in Luke sixteen twenty two, and then the other bosom that we've talked about uh, is the father's bosom. And this has got to do with, uh, like, John 14, I go away to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. And and this mention of the Father's bosom uh, is uh, John chapter 1, verse 18. And so now then we've got three bosoms. We've got the uh, Abrahamic bosom. We've got the Father's bosom. And then we have this uh, interim bosom. Uh, of of the angels, which carry them in, because they're representing they're representing uh, uh, the Lord and the Father, and 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 the Abrahamic bosom. Uh, so shall carry them in His bosom, and and uh, we show this then as the angelic flight team and craft. Uh, Matthew 24. 31, uh, that uh, certainly can be taken uh, further uh, into a lot of other explanations and interesting uh, sidelines of uh, uh, perceptive uh, uh, insights, but we don't have time to do that. We've got to just keep moving. Okay, now, um, when we're talking about the resurrection, uh, it really is big to do about angels, and so we have to understand that 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 the subject of angels uh is all around about the thing with the resurrection and they're involved as agents that are are helping the 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 spirits make their transitions and uh uh so it it, it truly is a continuation uh you know uh uh, a, a continuum, so so to speak, or uh, a continuum, as some say it, um, of the of the angel um, uh, av- av- avocation or the angel uh, angels being involved in their uh, their contact in their operations of of helping. Okay, so as we uh, think about that, and then we think about. Um, the things with um, of Christ uh, we 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 really have to cover a few things and some people say well that's that's old stuff uh, well <laughs> the whole Bible is old stuff <clears throat> but there's a lot of, of of unnoticed and hidden revelation in that old stuff so we're going to really bring out today some almost will be startling information to you uh, about that old stuff that that uh i 've never heard anyone preach on, and i can 't say that somewhere in the world or somewhere in time maybe someone has not or has but but uh uh not that i 've ever read or heard on some of these things, but in the meanwhile we know that um that that uh they 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 hung Jesus on the cross and uh One of the things I I think is very, very important to know, and this goes against a lot of the traditional ideas of the churches, but they are just absolutely 100% wrong in their carriage of the idea that Jesus died on the cross from the pain and the suffering and, and uh, the um, damage that was done to him uh, from the whole ordeal of the cross, and that he died uh, from those wounds and, and from those hurts. That is not the case. That is not Bible, and that, that goes against everything that Jesus taught on that subject. And we're going to show you the scriptures for that to show that we've got to get that straight. Uh, uh, G- did Jesus die on the cross? Yes, he did. But did he die from the infliction of uh, uh, and causation of the effects of the crucifixion? No, he did not. And that is what is very, very important because if you miss that part, it's got to be a second line uh, to this thing that Paul said about, look, if you don't believe in the in the resurrection, well, then everything that you're believing about Christ, you're you're believing in vain, and, and this whole thing that we're doing is just a waste of our time, and we of all people are the most miserable, because we have thought that this was the case that it provided for us, uh, uh, you know, a sanctum of hope, well. It goes very close to this thing about Jesus Christ dying on the cross, because if he died from the infliction of the wounds, then a good number of the things that he taught and said become false, and and it's very very important that we understand that, and it becomes relevant to us. And so I'm going to, I'm going to share you know a lot of that with you, uh, because it, it is so uh, primary and ultimately important. And uh, once we begin to get uh, all of that down and get it into place, uh, you're going to see just you know how important that really was. Uh, you know, now also, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 15, uh, uh, 35, uh, gets into a lot of things about the first Adam and the second Adam. And I think that people have become confused there because when it says that the first adam you know he's he's the physical he's he's the uh the natural man and then the second adam is the spiritual man and that would seem to be putting down the first man and therefore our teachings about who the first man was spirited by and 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 was sold by being being according to Luke uh, the son of god um uh then is sort of put to the wayside, but when we understand that you know that that uh, under the first man came death, under the second man came life. Uh, the the death was important. Without death, there can't be a resurrection. Without death, there can't be uh, an acquittal. There can't be a finishing. There can't be a setting aside of the 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 physical. Uh, that is all part of 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 this uh you know plan of salvation and um so um uh, let's carry on with that and understand that when it talks about the first Adam, we have to understand the first adam uh you know which was the natural man that was his destiny his, it was a, it was a physical destiny uh he still had a spirit soul. You know, he he wasn't one of the soulless people. He had a spirit soul, and he had a physical call. And the physical call that he had was, was to start off and begin to generate a line of descendants to provide bo- uh, bodies with spirit souls in them that the fallen angels would then have available uh, so that they could... Descend, descend, and take on those those bodies uh, because that was going to be their opportunity for salvation, so that they could be restored to their original angelship. So then, that was really really important. Then uh, the second uh, Adam uh, was a, was to. After those people had taken on these physical bodies and had done their uh, their work of, of election, their work of Christianity, uh, their work of whatever the calling would be that God put on them, uh, and then they passed on, then it was up to what the acts of Jesus to to uh, overcome corruption and to bring about the revelation of the resurrection of those people uh, so that they were redeemed from death so there was a first part and the second part of the first adam and the second adam and it was a it was a coordination uh, of uh, of revelation and a coordination of the will of god for both of those positions and so in the in 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 the one sense it was one sweeping action and that one sweeping action uh, included you know birth death and resurrection and and so that was all part of the plan of god now uh, as we uh, begin to look into some of these things because there are some of the most ridiculous uh, uh, ideas out there that people have come up with. Uh, I'm not going to name off the churches and all that because I don't want to sound like I'm putting down anyone. But there is uh, a large size group of of churches uh, that use the idea that when um, Mary Magdalene, and, and sometimes it mentions the other Marys, uh, were uh, out after the um the burial of Jesus to go to the tomb and and to bring spices and and to just you know pay their 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 dues to, to Christ. They didn't know for sure what would happen or not happen, but they were faithful and they were the first ones to you know to go there. And um uh what they say is now because the women Were the first ones to go there and the first ones to see christ and then christ said now go and tell peter and the disciples that this was a a, an evidence and a proof that that women were not called to minister but but that but that the that men were because they were told by jesus now go and tell peter about this and so Uh, although they were the first ones to make the discovery, the first ones to be faithful to be there, to be at the cross, to be at the tomb. Uh, uh, But because then later the disciples, who were all fearful and hiding away from the Romans, were then visited by these ladies and said, Look, Jesus is not dead. He's alive. And the the tomb is, is empty. He's gone. Well, because of that, that proves, they say, that, uh, that the ministry is to the men and not to the women. Uh, there are some incredible doctrines out there, and that, believe me, is a doctrine of several uh, humongous uh, Sized churches, and and I'm just wanting to get some of these ideas into your mind that just because some of these organizations are huge and big, and they ecclesiastically have been involved in theological uh, uh, idioms, that doesn't mean that they're right. That doesn't mean that what they have been teaching all these years is circumspectual and has any sense to it. And we're here today to tear down some of those altars, uh, you know, of, of, of idiom. And uh, so hang on and, and listen to this because these things are are very, very important. Uh, now there's a question, you know, like, well, in one uh, book it says that Mary came alone. In another book it looks like she came with other women um i i think that is so stupid when people get into things like that because first off it makes it very clear in one of the gospels that a great part of what was was seen here was a vision it was a vision of the angels it was a vision of some of these things and so in a vision uh you know you can have then both an exclusion and and, and uh and and an incorporation in other words um you can have no one there but Mary, and then she sees the vision, which includes the other Marys, so they become incorporated, even though she is still the only one there. I'm not saying that is how it happened or why it happened, but it does say in the in the Bible that, you know, these things that was seen that were seen uh, was like a vision, and so visions are very uh, versatile and full of various blocks of b- imagination and and uh, and those you know are are good things i 'm not putting it down uh, but but there are so many other pro- uh, propositions of timing uh, but i can 't imagine that that a According to uh, the twentieth chapter first verse of John, that Mary went out and it was and uh, on the first day of the week, and it was still dark and and I can't imagine her going by herself. she knew there were men over there, soldiers guarding uh, the tomb as far as she knew. I can't imagine a woman going out by herself, but I can imagine. Uh, one person getting ahead of the other, especially if they were carrying spices, and, and with her uh, dynamic way, uh, she could have gotten there be, uh, alone before some of the others arrived and had those those experience some of those experiences, and then later they caught up and they got there. So. Let's not get into some technical junk, trying to make like there's a problem from one gospel to the other. Uh, that is just absolutely foolish. Now, another point uh, that is, uh, you know, worth worth uh, getting into, when we we talk about all these things, is uh, <clears throat> um, not to allow some of the stupid stupid things that come up like for instance uh, in that particular um uh chapter of the book of uh of the 20th chapter uh of john in the first verse it says the first day of the week cometh mary magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher now uh there is a uh, uh those persons in the church world that have said well then this thing about the 3 days of 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 the uh, uh the re- resurrection that Jesus said he said that you know the son of man would would be 3 days and 3 nights in the in the earth well that that couldn't have happened because when mary went to the um uh, sepulture. It was still dark out, and he was already gone. And since he was interned uh, in the sepulture, uh, you know, early on Friday bef- before the before the Sabbath even took place, which takes place on the, in in the evenings, uh, you know, of, of like a Friday uh, for when the 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 Sabbath day uh, of like Saturday would start, uh, and so forth. That. Um, they they get the idea then that could that could did not fulfill his word was not fu- fulfilled unless it must the, the day must count before he was you know even arrested or drew just back to the point that he was arrested in, in in the garden you know of Gethsemane and and so he come up with all these wild things but you know the the Hebrew Jewish uh, language idiom is that if you are involved in one part of the day then it credits you for the whole part of the day and then this person said yeah but then there wasn't there wasn't a a complete day uh, because when Mary Magdalene went out it was still dark and so uh, he had left before there was the day or the light of the day which which he he equaled to be in the day but that that is so foolish because we're talking about time, and it says right there, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark. It's still being called the first day, D-A-Y, of the week. And because it's still time-wise part of the day, you know? And we're, if we're, we're not talking just the daylight part of the day, but a whole day, uh, which is a day and a night. and And so as a person begins to see those things this uh, Hebrew Jewish idiom that I told you about in which uh if you uh recognize being uh in servitude or being involved in experience or or using a corroboration of some particular uh, methodological uh, time explanation of a day, it is not out of line that if a part of that day is served, then you can consider it the whole day. And so, uh, based on that, and I agree with that, based on that, then all three days were fulfilled uh, because uh, just, uh, just during the, the, the uh, 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 idea and the consternation that some people have that Jesus might not have been laying there in the tomb, you can be sure that even though Jesus was out of the tomb, he was involved in ministry. We know that he told the man on the, on the cross, you know, uh, you will be with me this day. In paradise and so the Bible tells us in Peter what he was doing say here spirit was there ministering to the people who had sometimes been disobedient during the time of Noah's flood going way way back hundreds hundreds thousands of years and ministering and doing all these kind of things uh, the believe me those uh, three days and nights were totally utilized and so I would just want to get that out of the way uh, not that that's some enormous revelation but it is important because without understanding that uh you know a lot is going to be missed so there are there are various things uh, you know that that I'm just going to mention. Uh, we don't have the time to minister on them today, but we're probably going to have to carry carry this over next week. I have so much to share, but we remember that that the Bible says that Christ does not experience corruption. In other words, rigor mortis does not set in on His body. Okay. Now there were some things that that uh, that you know that Jesus said that uh, are are really outstanding, and we we uh, we want to get into', them, uh but we we want to do it in such a way that uh it's going to be totally understood, and uh, we're not going to miss out on the importance of it because one of the things that he said in John ten eighteen is "No man can take life from me, you know." and uh and then in in other scriptures which I'll give you uh, later as we go along he it says that he gave up the ghost on the on uh, on the, the cross on the cross and uh and that he said father uh into your hands i commit my spirit in another place he said it is finished so we see that it was the decision of christ that no one no one could take the life from him. The The Jews couldn't do it. The scribes, the Pharisees couldn't do it. The Romans couldn't do it. They could place him in jeopardy. But he was the life and the resurrection, the bread of life. And so the whole idea that, yeah, man got him, and, and, and uh, man crucified him and killed him, uh, uh, is not the full interpretation of the Bible in any way because we have to really realize what the Bible says and what Jesus really did and we have to realize that there's that when people say now the the resurrection you know and the graves opening that's only going to happen at the end of time. But yet we know that when uh, Jesus had said it was finished and there was an earthquake, Matthew 57, 51 through 53 talks about the graves opened and the saints came out of the graves and went out and and testified to people, testified to people, uh, from the graves. Uh, so we say, "Well, what did your clothes look like? What were the shoes look like? Were they all rotted, or was there something that happened? Well, we will get into all of those kind of things, including you know the uh the the memory uh restoration and uh, and all of those kind of things that is involved in that uh, it it it's it's very very, very, very interesting um people say uh, so, Christians have this idea when when Jesus went and he preached to those people in um you know in in Peter, where it says that had sometimes been disobedient and uh and he was ministering to them uh there's no way that he could have been offering them a chance of salvation um because it says in the book of Hebrew, it's appointed unto uh you know, it's appointed uh uh, uh uh once unto man uh to die and after that the judgment. And um and of course they don't have the understanding of the correct uh, uh, interpretation of that verse. Uh they don't uh, and which Hopefully we'll be able to reiterate that we have taught on it before uh but but uh uh then then because they have one verse that is incorrect, one verse that is not right, and then when it shows that Jesus went and gave these people another chance, plus all through the Bible, there are scriptures abundant in which which even Sodom and gomorrah uh is is a, a, brought back out of their captivity and, and uh, you know, from the dead and all kinds of other groups, uh, uh, they have to interpret that. No, those people who go to hell and they stay in hell, they never can be forgiven. Uh, this one hard, fast, erroneous interpretation of a scripture like in Hebrews 9.27 uh, makes it. Uh, a forced thing to have to make all these other sh- uh, scriptures that seem to be showing the mercy of God and the grace of God to be uh, errant and and uh, therefore uh, have to take away the grace, have to take away the mercy, have to take away the love of God uh, because it's, you've only got one chance to live, one chance to die, and that's it. And, and uh, they don't have the understanding of the Bible. They're out there... Uh, misteaching the bible and people are totally confused and they think that this must be the truth this you know this seems to be an educated good guy <coughs> but the fact of it is the one error compiles there to be many errors and and so uh you know i'm just going over this <coughs> fast because i want to get into some of the, this incredible revelation and uh you know i can't uh uh, I can't cover everything in detail, but hopefully, uh, maybe next week or even the week after that, we will finally be able to cover it all. You know, and there was things that happened. Uh, you know, during the um, the resurrection. Uh, you know, when uh, when Mary uh, saw the gardener, and then she finally realized when he said her name that that was Jesus. Uh, even though she hadn't recognized him, and Jesus said to her, "Touch me not." Uh, You know, uh, I I have not yet ascended to my father. Uh, Well, that seemed to be uh, a contradiction because only a matter of hours later, uh, he 's meeting again with several of the ladies, and and they 're all falling down at his feet, touching him, worshiping him uh, and so something has uh, consequentially happened just between those few hours uh, uh, you know and and then how would he have uh, ascended to the father and then come back real fast? What really happened there? Uh, I want to get into that. I might be able to get into that today if we have the time, uh, but we know that um, that in um, uh you know uh, Luke 24 36 37 Jesus appears to the disciples after the resurrection and they think they see a spirit so these people have had some ideas with apparitions uh you know and and uh, they think that uh that what they're seeing is is, uh, is an apparition uh, uh, and not a literal uh, Jesus Christ, although it looks like a, uh, a Jesus Christ. Uh, in uh, Luke 24:39, he has to say to them, "Handle me! Look, uh, uh, a spirit does not have flesh. It doesn't mean that a, that a flesh body does not have a spirit in it, but he was saying if it's just a spirit." and there's no, uh, no body, and you think that you're seeing a, a spirit, then there's, there's no flesh. Now handle me, and you'll find out that I have a fleshly body. <coughs> now, in John 20:19 19, it's probably the same event, uh, they had locked the door because they were afraid of the Jews, and they were afraid to be discovered because they thought, you know, they might get crucified too. And so all of a sudden, with the doors locked, Jesus just comes into the into the place and and he appears in the midst of his disciples and and showed them his hands and his side as john 20:19 now <clears throat> that gets us into a thing called dematerialization and um it's like um you know dematerialization uh is like um uh you know you could say um <clears throat> turning off the computer and letting it reset itself, and then turning it back on, and it's got all the information reset? Well, dematerialization is like all of the chromosomes, the DNA, the the molecular construction of your body, the lattice of your body uh, is accelerated, and it it, it just begins to uh, dematerialize and become more like the air. And when it becomes like that and and when the the a uh, becomes the as smallest as atoms, well atoms can pass right through the pore uh, of wood or concrete and um and so um uh that that is such a important revelation, obviously here Jesus just passed right through the doors and then rematerialized in the midst of them, and uh, they were they were able to see that and so uh, how it how it, how it works is something um, you know along uh, this this way. Uh, dematerialization processes processes to transfiguration. Uh, <clears throat> transfiguration, uh, you know, then uh, progresses to photo uh, translation and then a photo translation uh, can progress to a photo uh, photo uh, translation I, I should have said first it goes to a photo transition and then it can go to a photo translation so if we started off with an apparition we would start it off by saying it's like a shadow of of a body that is not there and then uh it goes to a photo transition which looks very much like the body and and is sort of like a hologram you can't tell that there's not a body there unless you touch it so when jesus said don't touch me it's because he was in the process and he was saying touching me or not my resurrection is not yet complete i am still in photo transition form so then you, he goes from photo transition within a very short period of time to a photo translation and 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 uh and that is a result of 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 you know going back into to the body and um and uh and overcoming the act of dematerialization in that process of dematerialization as it progresses it has the option even though it has the definite infor- uh, lattice information to reprocess the exact same body that it was that it was before it can also uh process to transfigurations which are are different looking bodies different faces different heads different uh torsos and 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 it, you know looks like somebody totally else and and we see and i've read scriptures that that happened in, in the uh in the bible and it's described in the bible so uh based on that then when we look at um at this um a 20 uh the 20th chapter you know in um Uh, in the book of of St. John, the first day of the week, this is verse 1, Mary cometh early in the morning, and it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away. Now, um, it is very possible and and more than not likely probable that um, Jesus did not wait for the stone to be rolled away. He dematerialized and just, just whooshed right through that big stone to the outside and was in the process of rematerialization when Mary Magdalene showed up. And he had reached the point of a photo uh, uh, transition, but not photo translation. And so he said, don't touch me, because had she touched him, her hands would have went right through through him and and uh but but uh the stone was rolled away and and and, and there was one at one time one angel and then joined by another angel and another instance in which um uh these angels were there to be able to uh tell the story to the people that would come that they knew would come and and uh they wanted these people to see that the tomb was empty so that the benefit of the of the stone rolling away was to show that Jesus was no longer in the grave, no longer in the tomb. But Jesus didn't have to wait; uh, he just, he just, you know, walked through it. Now, for people to say that he had to die on the cross and suffer, yeah, he suffered. Uh, yes, he did a terrible thing that he suffered. But Jesus was 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 young; he was still a young man. You know, he was just like about 33 years old, and he, he and he was in good physical condition. Uh, you know, he did lots of walking. Uh, you know, he, he he was in good shape. And uh, when he was supposed to be dead on the cross, uh, uh, Pilate and some of the different officials marvelled that he would have died in such a short time, and they said you know others out to observe because it was hard for them to to realize because the other two thieves they weren't dead and and of course the the thing was they wanted to they wanted to do something about this death uh you know uh because the Sabbath was getting close. So they want these guys off the crosses uh before the Sabbath because that was part of Jewish uh you know uh, uh lore and uh or Jewish tradition would be, be more appropriate to say. And so what did they have to do? Well, Jesus was already dead, so they didn't have to break any bones. Jesus knew that because the the Bible prophesied that none of his bones would be broken. Jesus also knew the timing. So he gave up the ghost of his own decision. He made that decision to say it is finished. Now, they say that, you know, they don't know how he did that because, uh, you know, you, you... on the cross as you're hanging there, and you begin to slump and slump and slump, uh, it starts becoming very difficult to breathe. And there's, you know, a a near uh, asphyxiation that happens as far as breathing. Uh, And so to get Straightened out again, you have to, uh, you know, you're you're you have this big nail through your feet, uh, you know, that that's the case, or tied or something, and then you have to stand up, like with the nail, you have to stand up on that nail, which is very painful, uh, to be able to get your body up enough, uh, to allow your chest to get you know, some good breath, and if, especially if you were going to say some of the things that Jesus did, there were several things that he said, and, and uh, that, he, you know, he'd have to do that. Well, uh, they, the, Jesus was already, they said, dead, so they go to, the, um, to the, uh, the two thieves. They're not dead, so they break the leg or legs. You know, why do they do that? <clears throat> that stops them from being able to stand up on the, on the nail and get their breath. So, with a very short period, in a very short period of time, they, uh, without being able to, to get their breath and they're already having problems, you know, with asphyxiation, uh, they die because uh, they cannot get their breath and that's what the broken leg does. Okay. So, now, we're gonna have to take a break. <laughs> God bless you. There's so much coming. You don't, if you got to do something, do it, get it out of the way. You want to be back to hear what's coming. God bless you. Janet Lee. Okay, yes. Thank you again, Janet Lee. That's uh, absolutely awesome. I love those songs. Okay, here we go. Uh, John um, 5.19 says, um, and this is, this is really important stuff here, the Son can do nothing of himself. He does whatsoever he sees the Father do. This is Jesus talking about the Father. The relevance of this understanding of the importance of the Father is not just an accidental uh, statement in the bible it is a major theological doctrine of the bible and teaching of jesus christ and jesus says whatever i see the father do that's what i do what he tells me to do that's what i do what the will of the father is that is what i do so then he goes on in verse uh, 21 john 5:21 for as the father raises up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Now, we have a first-time revelation. Now, I preached on this before and revealed on it, but I mean in the Bible, that the Father is involved in the resurrection, and that uh, Jesus has been taught by the Father the power of the resurrection and the quickening. Now, in John 10, 17 through 18, It says, therefore, this is verse 17, therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. Now, here's another scripture. I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No man takes this from me, not the Romans, not the Jews, not the priests. No one is taking this life from me. I am laying it down. Okay, that's really important to get that down. That's Bible. I lay it down, and why do I lay it down? That I might take it up again. If you don't have the power to lay it down, then you will not have the power to take it up again. That is very, very important. Okay, verse 18 no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Myself. I lay it down of myself. This isn't something that the Romans did to kill me. This isn't something that the Jews did to kill me or the priests did to kill me. Yes, they put me on the cross. They abused me. They caused me to suffer. They do introduce pain to me. But, you know, I am the healer. I am the bread of life. I am the life and the resurrection. (laughs) Don't forget that, folks. That's what he's telling us. He says, I have the power. Now get a hold of this. This is verse 18 of chapter John, the 10th chapter, chapter John 10, verse 18. I have the power to lay it down. He's talking about his life. And I have the power to take it up again. This commandment, this commandment have I received of my father. It's a commandment that the father gave to him, who taught him how to raise up the dead and quicken them. So it's a commandment he receives from his father that he is to lay his life down. He's not to let them take it. And he is to pick it up again. So in John eleven twenty five, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 10:18 as I read before no man can take life from me In Luke 23:46 or pardon me in Luke and John 6:48 sorry in John 6:48 I am the bread of life In Luke 23:46 he gave up the ghost Jesus decides when to release his spirit and to cease the functions of his body. He gives up the ghost. Luke 23, 46. Luke 23, 46 again in that same verse. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. John nineteen thirty, It is finished. So he says, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. And then this supreme scripture, John 15:13, greater love hath no man or no person than this, that a man lay down his life, that a man lay it down, that a man lay down his life for a friend. Wow. Okay, and just for your scripture's sake, you can be studying this for our next uh, week time when we get back on to some of these things mark 16 14 jesus appears in another form under the two people on the road of masses uh, and um uh he um th- uh you know very interestingly uh is not recognized because he's in a transfigurement and um and luke 23 13 it talks about people's eyes also being beholden uh, makes them so they can't recognize it we'll, we'll cross between those two lines of, of interest um, then and we're going to open this up here in just a little bit Mark 16 15 go ye into all the world and preach the gospel and that has been mispreached, misunderstood because the word means means cosmos, which basically means universe. Go you into all the universe and preach the gospel. And people have thought that just meant this earth. But this is how miserably poor people are of spirituality and understanding of the word of God. <clears throat> because they want to address everything being relative to the day and the age that they live in and expect that everything's got to happen, especially the coming of Christ, especially the end of the world, is going to happen in my lifetime. That's what they want to think. And that is such a sham and such a fraud and such a fake and such an error. Because the fact of the matter is God is showing that time is going to go on for a long, long, long time. People are going to be out there, you know, out there preaching. And and there, there's, there's different religions that have had ideas, different ministers that have had ideas, uh, you know, uh, about uh, being out there in space and time. Uh, there's one church group that's, uh, you know, uh, had a minister uh, who was, uh, you know, sort of like a scientist. Um, and he had the idea that um, there were people right then during his life that lived on uh, Mercury, Venus, you know, Mars, Saturn. That there was already people living on all those planets. And uh, in another faith, one of the growing faiths of our day, uh, the the fellow that started that taught that uh, there was, you know, that there was uh, uh, life on the sun. And uh, that there was, uh, you know, people living, uh, you know, uh, on the sun. Now, he- here's the thing. I- I'm going to be very gentle in how I say anything, so I don't sound like I'm really trying to put these people down. It is totally possible, if you look at this in the course of the long directives of time, that that almost all of these uh, planets that we have in this this system. Uh, there will be a found, a found a way to live on it or around about it and um, uh, and there will at some time be settlements and people living there even the Sun there could be a satellite uh, of a put out in a certain way uh, you know uh, of the Sun uh, that we don't understand or that we don't know about as far as some of the materials and some of the inventions and, uh, that are coming in the future. Uh, but but we, we must never say, you know, these people were just totally frauds because they were understanding it, trying to be relative to their time. It could only be true if in the long of time uh, all of the uh, things change and people are then able to live on these in in extreme condition on these outer planets <clears throat> okay all right um so we're going to talk a little bit more about this go Ye Into all the cosmos and uh and uh, then we remember we, rem- we remember in uh, mark uh 16:19 uh, Jesus being received up to heaven, sitting on the right hand of God. Uh, we want to get into what that's talking about. We understand that when the uses the word Father, my Father, which art in heaven, that Father is a creator name. That's the name given to uh, him as a creator. Because in the first domain, the heaven of heavens, they're not called Father or Son or daughter, or child, you know, it it, uh, uh, can be shown that uh, those terms are only used as a human language uh, uh, that we are familiar with to try to describe, uh, you know, uh, heavenly things. That the Bible says that patterns on earth are used as metaphors. But that doesn't mean that those metaphors are actually in that realm, which is pure spirit uh, uh, and pure love. Anyway, okay. Now here we go. Hang and hold. We're getting into some stuff here. <clears throat> I want to talk about two translation changes for the for the Bible in the KJV. That's the King James Version. Okay, th- there's two very very important changes. There's two very very important uh, revelations here. Uh, the 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 first word that I want to show. Uh, that needs to be changed in certain part of the Bible that I'm going to reveal to you is the word "in." I in. Now, um, some of these small words like "in" and "the" are not uh, in the Strong's uh, concordance. Uh, you know, uh, listed except in a special section where they're just uh, listed in what books they are in, and it's uh, there's not quite the information available as to the meaning of those words and other words that are used unless you know how to really search uh, the concordance to find it. And I want to help you with that today uh, briefly. Okay, now we have this scripture in John 17, uh, verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now, here is a case in which thee needs to be changed to this. And I'll show you references for that uh, as we get on uh, through this. So here's how, how it really is, it should be re- read. Uh, the glory that I had with thee before this cosmos or universe before this universe was or before this universe existed glorify thou me with thy own self with the glory which i had with with you before this universe existed that is very important in our doctrine because and it's and it, and it is bible it's absolutely bible and you have to understand how bible that, that really is and uh when you when you begin to you know get into the actual understanding uh, of of the word and you begin to get into these revelations uh you are not going to be the same you are going to be changed from the person that you are because uh it it is uh you know the revelation that is going to move you in a way uh you know you have not been moved before, and uh, many many other people have not been moved, and it 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 needs to be done. Now, first off, let's talk about the Book of John, because we're going to be into a lot of Scripture here, uh, using some of these words and the changes. And and uh, and now get a hold of this. There is only one verse, and this is to the best of my, of my search, unless I accidentally missed one, but I don't think I did. There's only one word. Uh, world, W-O-R-L-D, in the book of the Gospel of John, the whole book, that is is of a different meaning than cosmos. All of the rest of the use of the word world in the entire book of John means cosmos, which is universe. And that one particular instance can be found in chapter 9, Verse 32, where it says, Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened, his eye, opened the eyes of one that was born blind? And what that comes from is, um, in the Greek, uh, number 165, and it basically means forever. Because, And there are other instances in which the word world actually means a, a, a Period of time, and the time is so immense that it's called forever. And so, it is talking about not the cosmos here, but it's really talking about the earth world and, it, and it's incredible length of time that it is going to last. Which the Bible describes it that it's going to get very, very old and like a vesture of clothing is going to be folded up. So, uh you know, some of these things that people are saying, not understanding the totality of the Bible, they are leading people astray, and they are misquoting the actual truth. Okay, so now you've got that. That was uh, chapter 10. Uh, or pardon me, that's a mistake. Not chapter 10, I'm sorry. That was chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 32. Chapter 9, verse 32. And that's the only time the word world is in the Gospel of John, that means anything different than cosmos or universe okay now <clears throat> we see how important that this that this, that this is there were other words that could have been used for world than the word cosmos but there's a revelation there in this thing of cosmos that's very very important now in um, john 17:5 it says and now o father Glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory that I had with thee before this universe existed. So there were (coughs) other universes, there were other worlds that existed before this universe. And that's very important. If you're just saying this earth, (laughs) that's just a, a speck of dot. It's nothing. But when you talk about the whole universe, you've got a major subject. Blessed be the name of God. Praise God. Okay. Let's look here. Uh, I wanna let's let's read another um a scripture that goes along that. He talks about this glory that that he had with the Father before the before the universe. In 1 Corinthians 2 7. I'm taking an excerpt, but it's, it, the continuity of it goes right along with this flow. But, this is Paul in Corinthians 2, 7, 1 Corinthians 2 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before this universe unto our glory. So there was an ordained mystery and an ordained glory (coughs) that is relevant to us, that is due to us, that is owed to us, that belonged to us before this universe was ever created. Now, when when, when the people that were translating this read these writings of John, they didn't know how to put it, because they didn't know these, this teaching, and it it just would be so foreign to them that they wouldn't they wouldn't even know how 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 to handle it except to do what they did, and put the the <laughs> the world the cosmos. But the context of the scripture does not lie; the contextuality shows us how it really reads. Okay, now let's just go on here. Uh, let's look at another word, and we'll we'll you know we'll we'll try to cover a, a lot of these. Um, John seventeen eleven. Let's look at the word in. Okay, and now I no more and now I am no more in the world. And now I am no more in the world, but these, meaning his disciples, they are in the world. Now I am no no more in the world. Now, when people look at him, they see his body. He hasn't gone to the cross yet. So he's No more in the world, how's he going to handle going to the cross? There's something just not right here about how this was put together. And so we want to help you with it. Now, now and now, N-O-W, now, I am no more in the world. Some people say, "Well, he meant no longer in the in the in the world and in, in the earth, but there he was he hadn't been to the to the garage yet he hadn't resurrected yet. Well, if you check out this word in, check it out properly, and to do that um it's not easy. To, to find that word in a way that y- you can reconcile uh, these, uh, these uh, changes. Uh, but we will, um, we will share that with you as, as we're going along here. Uh, but here's what the Manifest Bible, Peace Manifest Bible, has changed it to. And now I am no longer in the universe inwardly. The word "in" and "inwardly" can come from the same Greek word. They 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 can they, one can switch off to the other uh, from that Greek word that is given. The same as with "the" and "this," you have a list of words that that Greek word means, and then it's your choice which one of those you use. You can use the, or you can use the, this. Or in this other word, you can use in, or you can use inwardly. So, when we read this, I am now no longer inwardly this universe. But these, my disciples, but, but my disciples... Are still inwardly this universe, and I come to thee, O holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one now, no longer inwardly this universe, what does that mean? It means i have an, I have overcome the physical barrier that blocks the mind from the exercise of the kingdom of God within. We all are, in the book of John, the first chapter, it says that we are born into the light of God. The birth on earth, we are born with the kingdom of God in us. But how many people know it or feel it or have advantage of it? The kingdom of God comes without observation, Jesus said. Now, I've taught this before, but I'm using it to make this point. And so, this block that has to be overcome is allowing the Holy Ghost within us to restore to us the years that the kangaroo the caterpillar have eaten and to restore to us our memory of the, of the things that are the intentions and the teachings of Jesus, not only in this Bible, but all, all of the things that he did which should be written, as it describes it in the last verse of the chapter, uh, last chapter of, of, the, of the Gospel of John. Because we've got to overcome the inwardly, we're not only overcome in the flesh, but it is the flesh itself that is blocking our being able to really get into the spirit consciousness of the kingdom of God within us. Jesus said, I have overcome inwardly. I am totally reconciled. I am totally in touch with, my, with the, the kingdom of God within me. But my disciples are not. They are still inwardly not set free. They are still blocked. And that's what that meaning is. And it's the only way that that, uh, chapter can even make sense. And then here's another one. Um, Chapter 17, verse 14. Changing thee to this now if you wanna get some help on on this particular one to see that you that a the and a this can be the can come from the same greek word and and it's just a matter of your choice uh you can you can look at a greek uh in the greek of strong's concordance dictionary number thirty five eighty eight strong's greek dictionary concordance number thirty five eighty eight and where it says I have given them, meaning my disciples, thy word. And the world has hated them. What it really means is I have given my disciples this word and this world or this universe has hated them because they are not of this universe even as I am not of this cosmos or universe or as it's written in the Bible um, they are not of this world and I am not of this world but you see that that incredible statement has been lost because they think there's only one earth and one universe and they don't understand that the Bible teaches other worlds and other universes So when you get this story here as just one word makes a difference from a the to a this and then you interpret it as it says because the word in here is cosmos, which is universe, and then when you say this universe has hated them, it immediately implies and shows there are other universes which is the manifest, Holy Manifest Teachings, among many, many, many other scriptures to support that. But just one word, the instead of a this, which legally comes from the same Greek and can be choice of using one or the other, and that choice has to be an understanding by the Holy Spirit. And these people that can't understand this message can't understand this deep word, and don't really want to understand it, some of them, and don't know how to translate it, by not properly translating one little word, a whole world of worlds, of worlds, is lost to the knowledge of the people of God. Wow. Wow. Wow, I have given them, my disciples, thy word, and this universe has hated them because they are not from this universe, even as I am not from this universe. What did Jesus tell to Pilate? Instead of using the word thee, they got it right on this. They got a this. John eighteen thirty six to Pilate. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this. Right in the King James Bible. My kingdom is not of this world. The word world means cosmos or universe. It's proof of the Troniverse universe that existed, that Jesus and the Ophanim, which became disciples, came from, which was a totally different universe than this universe. Now, why does this world hate? What does that mean? Well, it means that there is a sin-tone sense within all the elements of this, uni- of this universe, which can sense both the physical, the physiological, and even your spirit as to its sin tone. And there is a recognition in your spirit of, of a sin tone, of a sin tone count that is different from the rest of the universe and that puts you into negative impetition which is negative residue of the syntones now if you're not familiar with that word and you don't remember my teachings i haven't time to go back over that now but syntones is something that happens from the last universe when it is rolled together as a scroll, goes into super, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a super density, and then stays that way for eternities. And then when it's time to, for creation to begin again, mm-hmm. the heavens are stretched out, and that compressed density is unfurled it goes out and has an effect on all of the of the residue and and of the last uh universe that begins to be formed to become the new universe, so that it is it is imbued within all of the the new universe okay now we've got to keep moving got to keep moving so then um. Greek 3588, you want to look that up. And that can mean the, this, that, one, he, she, it, etc. It can mean all those things. And it's found in references in the Greek of 3778, 5026, 5124, 5126, 5129, 5127, 3773, on and on. Wow. And this is what happens when you transliterate into the English idiom in order to cross over from the Greek idiom to the to the English idiom and sometimes from the Hebrew idiom into the Greek, then into the English, you get this cross up and crossover difficulty of some of these words. Wow. Just like you know, in Luke 1812, sometimes it will show in verses like that uh, and I think that's the right verse that a week is translated by the word "sabbath, because the Sabbath of a week contains the full days of a week. And so they might say that the Sabbath," and they're really talking about, though, the whole week. Well, a person's got to know that because it makes a difference from one day to seven days. You know? If you go from from the first to the first, or if you want to call it six days, however you like to call it, but it's it's important. It's very important. Okay, now, let's move on. Now, I want to get into the most two most incredible things and to do this I'm going to run late and I'm going to have to skip part of it because I see that I'm already running out of time and this is called the king, the key of David's side of the resurrection in isaiah twenty two twenty two it says and the key of the house of David while I lay on his uh, on his um, and his name is Eliakim, and, and it just said his, but it's actually talking about uh, Eliakim's priestly shoulders. And this is a fellow who lived way back in, uh, in uh, you know, the, the the Book of Kings time and day, and and uh, uh, who um, was a, a priest, and who there was a promise way back then that the key of the house of David would lay on his priestly shoulders. I'm just wanting to establish this thing about the key. Jeremiah 39. But they shall serve the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, capitals, their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up to them. Now this Bible tells us that David is going to be king again. He's going to go through a resurrection, and he's going to become king again on earth. And it's just an incredible thing because it begins to show us that there are people who have not left this planet who've gone to no other place and they are going to come back right here on the earth at a much 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 hundreds and thousands of years later and they're going to be king a king and that's in jeremiah 39 and it says but they shall serve the lord ca all caps l-o-r-d their God and David, their king, whom I will raise up to them. Okay, Ezekiel thirty-seven twenty-four. And David my servant shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd. And David my servant shall be king over them. That's Ezekiel 37, 24, Revelations 22. I have sent my angels to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. There is a connection to David, not only with genealogy, there is a connection with a spiritual aspect. And, and uh, uh, there is unusual things here that, that people have 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 missed. Romans eleven sixteen. If the first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now if we refer this to uh to David and Jesus Christ, and David uh, Jesus Christ in Revelation twenty six or pardon me, twenty two sixteen, says, I am the root. If he is the root, it says here, if the root is holy, so are the branches then that means just by this incredible spiritual aspect of the of 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 the fulfillment of the use of through the body of david uh, for the coming of the of the christ as jesus christ that he being not only he being the root which means he 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 was before david and he was after david and if the root is holy then that makes David to become holy regardless of his sins and trespasses. And the Bible says in Psalms that it's people like that that are given immunity. They're immune from from having some of the sin put on them because they belong to a special destiny. And that's just Bible. and You can't get around it because it's fact. And lots of scripture. Romans 11, 16. If the first, first fruits be holy, that's the root, The lump is also holy. The whole lump, the whole rest of it, all the generation that comes afterwards. That's why in one of the scriptures, when it's talking about Israel, it just forgets all of the negative, forgets all of the trespass, forgets all the sins, and just says, all, A-L-L, Israel, shall be saved. All those things are hard to understand. We're not preaching on that subject today, but it touches on where we're going. Jeremiah twenty three five. I will raise a righteous branch unto David. Jeremiah 33.15 In those days I will cause the, the brand of righteousness to grow up from David to execute judgment and righteousness. Now here's the one you want to get a grab on. Acts 2.34 For preposition. For causation. Reason. Why. For David is not ascended into the heavens. Why isn't he ascended? Because he is bound here for the destiny that is yet to come. And he's waiting in his state for that day to come, for that resurrection to happen. Acts 2.34, David has not ascended. The reason he hasn't ascended is because he is bound here and you're going to sh- i'm going to show you this 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 kind of bound, ba- what I'm talking about when it says bound okay okay so so um uh we're going to we're going to go on here um isaiah thirty four uh, pardon me isaiah thirty seven thirty five for i will save Jerusalem for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. The root and the offspring, the the, the lump and the whole thing, the root and the branches, all because of one part causing the other part to be what the one part is. All part of a special plan of God. Utterly incredible. Now, let's go on we want to talk and we and we're going to probably run a little late about peter the the allocator a l l o c a t o r peter the allocator mark 3:13 through 19 we we last week shared with you this thing about 11 of the disciples are are titled sons of thunder now we know there's another gospel in which they list all of the all of the uh, disciples but they don't they don't do what Mark did here, in which he he just allows this to run on into the rest of the names as also being sons of thunder, and uh, I know there'd be a lot of people who have problems with that, but but you know there's there's a whole lot more I can say to it. I just have to have time now, all of these eleven disciples are sons of thunder, except one person except Simon whose new name was, is Peter. And Peter means stone or rock. And in this case, it's related to the Selah rock, which is related to David. Because it connects to King David, you see that all through his Psalms. Selah, Selah, S-E-L-A-H. Now in Matthew sixteen sixteen through 17, Peter knows that Jesus is the Christ. And when Jesus asks, who is it that you say that I am? He says, thou art Thou art Jesus the Christ. In other words, you're, you're the Messiah. And Jesus says, that was not revealed to you by anyone else but my Father which is in heaven. Wow. So at the, at the transfiguration, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew seventeen, two through 9, verses, Matthew 17, verses 2 through 9, Peter was up there with John and James. And, while this seems to happen at a later time, you can never know the time sequence in the Bible because it's not in time sequence. So you can't ever know, unless by the Spirit, what comes first or what comes later. But, there are all kinds of other ways of looking at that and still getting the same the same resultant. And that is that Peter has something very special. And so it goes on and in the eighth verse it says Now this is uh, Matthew chapter sixteen verse eight. I say unto thee Peter, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, the rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, they were not offered to the eleven sons of thunder. They were on another ship. They were on another destination. They were on another destiny. But it was offered to Peter, who is not a part of those sons of thunder. He is to stay here on earth and he is to be an allocator. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now get a hold. Now watch this one. Hang in. And whatsoever or whosoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now, when we say heaven, we're talking about the Father's house. So, whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. Now, what this means is utterly, absolutely incredible. What it means is that Peter has been chosen as the allocator, And he decides... Who for the resurrection stays here on earth and waits is able to be regenerated in Artura, the Father's house, or is involved in reingenerations? and ends up going to Abraham's bosom. So he decides the bosoms as to which people go to him. He is the allocator. And he has been given the keys, and whatsoever you bind on earth will be... If, if you bind a person on earth, then they are bound from being able to go to the Father's house. If you loose a person on earth, then they are loosed and they can go to the Father's house. And that's true with all of these other experiences of the bosom of Abraham. And of this bosom, which is the the trips that the angels come with their special Zith spacecraft, which is also called the bosom, the third bosom. Peter is chosen. You begin to see how incredibly powerful that this man has become because he says upon this rock, which was what he was called when it changed his name from Simon to Peter, upon this rock upon you I'm going to build my church. It's no minor thing. Now Peter is a is like a priest on earth but he's not a Melchizedek priest which is like in the Father's house. But he's given authority to act as an agent of the church Matthew 16 Eighteen. I've been quoting it to you for the allocation. I'm saying it again: of who is being chosen to stay on Earth, or being chosen for their uh, uh, to go to heaven. Who is being chosen to stay on Earth for their life and resurrection, or who is being chosen to go to hev- heaven to the Father's home for their life and resurrection? or to Abraham's bosom for regeneration and how does that connect in with many of these scriptures I've been saying in the past like Isaiah 51:16 that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation of the earth and say unto Zion thou art my people so we see that this foundation on earth and Peter is put at the head of it is happening in the spiritual world happening right now david is going to be king again peter is involved in as an allocator revelations 317 and to the angel of the church in philadelphia right These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, and he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Wow. Revelations 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. The Father's co-wound angels. Well, we're going to have to stop there. We've actually gone over, but there are some incredible revelations for you. And we'll just have to continue this next week and expound upon them a little bit more. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting day we live. I want to pray for you people out there who need healing and miracles. Father, reach out to them today with your love, with your precious holy grace. Save them, heal them, bless them. God bless you.